Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It is driven by Munganas Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on both 101 and YouTube. The YouTube chat. Very active this morning, Jackson. Good to see the people are fired up today. Coming up at around 1035, the Little Pills Angry Beaver half and half. But right now, it is our pleasure to welcome to the show Missouri analyst and former Tiger Howard Richards. Howard, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Tim? I am wonderful. It's great to hear from you, and I'm really looking forward to getting your perspective on the program's performance so far this season and what is to come, and then also the overall momentum right now for the Missouri Athletic Department. Let's start with the 7-1 and one start to the campaign. Um, what, from your standpoint, has uh, exceeded expectations for this Missouri team? So before I get into that, I, I think our listeners probably don't understand we have a little bit of a history. I think the la- but the last time you and I talked, if I'm not mistaken, was probably ten years ago. Ten years uh, ago. It, do you, Do you remember it was right after the SEC championship game? And you remember how bad Missouri's defense played? Uh, we must be talking about the Auburn game then. The Auburn game. <laughs> and I, it's I, like I playing guess password. I, I made, <laughs> <laughs> I made I made some comments which were was nothing negative. I was just describing what I saw defensively from Missouri. I couldn't believe that they were playing so poorly um, and that they just were ineffective with what they were trying to do scheme wise. And I remember you saying that uh, you, you've never heard an analyst, you know, be so candid about. Uh, you know, what he described on the field. I hope he's going to be okay. I hope he's going to be doing the games from this point forward. And look at this. That that either speaks to your credibility or the fact that nobody listens to any show I host. I'm not sure which one it is. (laughs) We'll we'll go with the credibility. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I'm telling you, man, 10 years later, for real, Missouri's defensive scheme against Auburn is up there with three of the most confusing things I've witnessed in my time in St. Louis sports. Uh, Mike Martz sitting on the ball against the Carolina Panthers in 2004 in the playoffs. The Cardinals' uh, alignment against the San Francisco Giants in the 2014 NLCS and Missouri's defense against Trey Mason and Auburn in 2013. Those are my three. So I'm so 10 years later, it still holds true. Yeah, it does. It does indeed. But, you know, there's some similarities. Um First of all, Missouri's playing extremely well. Um, Missouri beat Georgia that year in Athens. Mm-hmm. I think it was 41-24. Um, beyond everyone's expectations, you know, there's so much talk about, you know, Missouri shouldn't be in the SEC. They can't compete, blah, 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 blah. Then Missouri, in its second year in the conference, they go and win 
uh, the division, the SEC East, and then do it again the following year. Mm-hmm. And yet people still continue the same thing. And I say, okay, if, if you're going to try to kick Missouri out or say Missouri doesn't belong in this league, there's a bunch of other teams that have never even played in a conference championship that need to go also. Um, so, I, yeah. I, you know, it, it's there are those with opinions that we just need to just not listen to. But anyway, answering your question, I, I think the biggest surprise, and I, I won't say it's a surprise, uh, I, I feel that this team has really matured in just one short year. Uh, I had a chance to speak to the team in at the end of spring ball. And the point that I was making is that, you know, you guys just came off of four losses by a, a grand total of 18 points. Uh, and I said, if, you, if you're if you honest with yourselves, those teams that you lost to didn't beat you. You beat yourselves. I said, going forward, when you get into 2023, when you feel that, that taste in your mouth from those games, you get in those situations in 2023, that's script has to be flipped. You have to win those games. You have the talent. You have the ability. You now have to play with more confidence and belief in yourselves. Okay? If you do that, you find yourselves in those situations, you're going to win those games. It's it's a mental focus. Mm-hmm. You have a three-month window where you've got to make it happen. Blocking out distractions because when you blink, your college career is going to be over. When you look back, you want to make sure that what you did counted and that you, you laid it on the line. And when you walk away with your head up, you say, I did the best I could. And oh, by the way, I got something to show for it. Um, so in addition to that, <clears throat> I feel the two things. I think Eli Drinkwitz has, has and is continuing to mature as a head coach. And I feel his decision to hire Kirby Moore mm. um, was, was big because it helped the offense evolve. You know, Eli Drinkwitz, known as an offensive mind, and I won't say that what he was doing, you know, was stale or stagnant, but often you need to have a different set of eyes from afar to and, you know, tweak it. And I think that's what Kirby Moore has done. He's brought, you know, his expertise and the things that he's learned uh, from playing in prolific offenses and uh, I think we're seeing the the results of that. It is uh, it is a distinct different o- offensively. I mean, if you would have had this offense with that defense last year, uh, I would imagine those four losses you were talking to the team about would probably have been flipped. The great news exactly. is the defense, which looked like it was struggling through the middle portion of the schedule, certainly wasn't the case against South Dakota or Middle Tennessee, uh, but the middle portion of the schedule through the LSU game looks like ever since that first quarter against Kentucky and carrying through against South Carolina, it has righted the ship to pair with the Missouri offense. In other words, at this moment, Howard, it looks like Missouri can beat you in a variety of ways, and that is usually what the case is for great college football teams. What are your thoughts on that? You know, you said it perfectly. And Missouri's future, when I say future, meaning the, the future schedule, the remaining eight, uh, excuse me, the remaining four games on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, will be determined by what Missouri does, not necessarily by what other teams do. <clears throat> and I firmly believe that. If this team plays free on defense, if they stay disciplined, 
they really do have the talent to to go toe to toe with everyone they play. And and that's not just me saying that. It's other player, other people around the league that have seen Missouri this year. Matt Stinchcomb, SEC analyst, you know, former uh, uh, player for Georgia, college football Hall of Fame, played in the NFL. We were talking pregame last uh, last week, and he just I looked at me, looked at me, he goes, man, because Mizzou is humming. And, you know, when you hear that, you know, it says a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, they were thoroughly impressed. Robert Griffin Jr. the third uh, had our game, the prior uh, home game. He said the same thing. He goes, this team can go as far as it wants to. So, again, it's there are other people that know the sport, that see the game all the time, that feel the same way. It's up to Missouri to determine how well it's going to do by the end of the season. I'm, I'm curious on your historical perspective on this. I was looking it up. Uh, I, I am having a tough time finding a game in, in relatively speaking recent history. So let's just say since 2000, where Missouri has a true road game in November. So taking the Arrowhead game against Kansas out of the equation since it was a neutral site where this much was on the line for both Missouri and the team hosting Missouri as what you have on November 4th. Missouri can be mathematically eliminated from the SEC East, but if they win, they control their own destiny the rest of the way to win the SEC East and play for the SEC Championship in Alabama. I don't think we have had a game like that for the Missouri Tigers in a long time. There's that much on the line on November 4th in Athens. No, you're exactly right. And I, I just going back, and, and I don't necessarily, you know, think about, you know, what's on what's been on the line, especially playing on the road in November uh, in past years. But <clears throat> knowing what's at stake this year, it is. I mean, it's a team that does control its own destiny. You, you've got Georgia, you know, you've got Tennessee. Uh, Florida, and then you finish with Arkansas. You know, you run the table. You will be playing in Atlanta against whoever the the eventual winner is of, of the SEC West. You know, LSU plays Alabama uh, this week. That could be an interesting matchup. You could see Missouri and LSU again yeah. in the championship. Yep. Uh, anything's possible, and, and I'm sure Missouri would love to have a few plays back in that LSU game. You know, I think they do. Uh, I'm just talking to some of the players. There are things that they would probably do differently, uh, playing more freely, uh, I think, but also, you know, just, just looking at the game from a different perspective. You know, they, there were some plays on defense that they felt that they uh, they left behind. But, you know, that's, you know that, that's the game of football. You know, someone's going to win and someone's not going to win. Yeah, you know, for me, watching as intensely as I do, in 2007, strangely, I started to buy into how good that team was. Not, for example, when they opened up the season against Illinois at the Dome, but actually when they played very closely with Oklahoma in Norman, I thought, man... This team's legit. You can't have that record and play against the Sooners and Norman like that and just be kind of a fly-by-night 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five team. And I expected them to play with LSU, but I kind of feel like just what you said, Howard, that they left a couple out there. I'm sure LSU would have felt the same way had they lost it. It was that close. Point being, at that point, I think many around the country might have gone, man, Missouri might be for real. They're not a blue-blood brand, but this team may be for real. Let's see what they do the next couple of weeks against Kentucky and South Carolina. 
Carolina. And sure enough, they took care of business in resounding fashion, really, with the final three quarters in Lexington in the first half against Columbia. Uh, how do you compare this team with the 07 team, with the 13 team? I didn't see the um, the 07 team uh, hardly at all because I was um, – uh, living elsewhere <laughs> and uh, didn't really get a chance to see much of it. I was following it, you know, through uh, news outlets. Um, but but certainly, you know, pound for pound, player for player, I'm not sure. A lot of people say that the 07 team is, is better talent-wise, and that may be the case. Um, but I think in individually, this team has players in particular areas that I think, um, you know, collectively they, they are playing as well as that 2017 mm-hmm. uh, can and will. You know, as the game has evolved, uh, you know, players have, have evolved also. You know, the way they train is different. Uh, you know, diets and all those things really matter. Uh, and, and so it's, it's really hard and even often unfair to yeah, make those yeah. types of comparisons. Um, we'll just both say that both teams were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And, that, that <laughs> and they and, and and this team has a chance to do something special, much like the 2017. Yeah, and the thing about that is, and it's it's kind of like I said, I feel like in a way there's almost this college football prejudice along with narratives that kind of fit Alabama in, and it'll fit Georgia in, and it'll fit take your pick of whatever other blue blood from other conferences, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, USC if they're having a good year, and then get them into the big bowl or the college football playoff. In 2007, Missouri played as just as surprising as everybody else was with Missouri, a, a, a Kansas team that was number two at the time. And people go, well, how good is Missouri if they're beating Kansas to become number one? It's a different ball game when you'd be going up against a team that has a 24-game winning streak that is a blue blood on their home turf between the hedges in November and going down there and beating them. But you need those kinds of wins against those teams on the road to establish yourself and start to break the perception. So if that were to happen on November 4th and Missouri would shock the college football world, maybe not shock Missouri fans, uh, but shock the college football world, what would Missouri have to do to to beat what most likely will be the undefeated and number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs? You know, I'd say not get away from your identity. Uh, Don't try to change you know, what you've been doing routine-wise. You take what you've been doing that's been successful and you make it better. That's what you have to do. You don't get away from, um, you know, where you've excelled and then try to change up thinking that you're going to fool your opponent. That doesn't work. Um, I played on a team at Mizzou in 79 um, against Oklahoma at home at Fro. And defensively, much like what Missouri did in the uh, SEC championship game in 2013, they tried to change uh, what they normally did as far as game plan to thinking that they were going to outsmart um, Oklahoma in, in 79 and Auburn in 2013. Well, if you're, you're thinking on a football field, you've already been defeated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about reaction. You react to what you see on a regular basis. You've studied these things. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference between, you know, one player or the next. Some just do things a little bit better, and they do it more consistently. 
that's what you're, those are the tendencies that you're looking for and how to attack them. But suddenly when you're changing scheme and you're in different gaps and you're attacking someone else and now you're in coverage when you're normally not in coverage, that doesn't bode well uh, in most cases. So I think Missouri has to do, it has, you know, you look at the teams that have been the most successful against a team like Georgia. What have they done best? Where have they forced Georgia to that's what you look at and you incorporate because everyone does the same thing you have to incorporate those things and really I say just drill those things throughout the week until they become second nature now every team will do something a little bit differently especially at the outset to try to get an advantage but ultimately they settle back into what they do routinely um, and, and if you're prepared for that it's now about going four quarters with that guy across from you and beating him more than you you uh, allowed him to beat you. Yeah, that uh, that would be one incredible moment should they be able to knock off Georgia in Athens. Final thought for you, you've been around the program playing offensive tackle for those teams that you made reference to in the, in the 70s and 1980s, uh, playing for the Dallas Cowboys, now getting a chance to be on the call of Missouri football alongside Mike Kelly. Um, I, I feel like at this moment, the positivity surrounding both basketball and football and the athletic department as a whole with Desiree Reed-Francois uh, it is some of the highest approval rating I've sensed for Missouri in a long time. Um, what is your uh, read on the climate surrounding the athletic department at this particular moment? I think there's so much positivity uh, with DRF's hiring with Dennis Gates, of course, and you know, looking at how basketball under Gates' first season, uh, the turnaround, what she has done with the student sections, you know, getting them to show up in full force for every home game in basketball. And they did, they're doing it for football this year. The student sections are, have been amazing. We've had three straight sellouts at front row. Um, And I give a lot of credit uh, to Desiree uh, because she, she, she meets the students where they are. Uh, And I think her coaching staff is starting to do the same thing. You know, they're sort of humanizing who these people are. Uh, Players are mingling more in the student population. So I think the students kind of feel, you know, that they're just as much a part of these programs um, as the players are in some ways. Uh, She's done things to really try to improve the the fan experience, especially at Faro. Basketball was was rocking last year. It was amazing to be uh, at Missouri Arena. Uh, And now she's trying to do it with football. But across the board, in a number of areas, to to try to make, you know, watching uh, the Missouri Tigers a great experience, regardless of the sport. So if I've said this all along, if if she gets the, the support that she needs and deserves, Missouri will be well situated for a long time to come, but she's she's figured out the pulse and knows how to get the people in. Of course, you've got to have winning programs, um, but at least while you're there observing and being a part of it all, you're enjoying you know the experience uh, in addition to what you're watching on the field or on the court or in the pool. A lot of positive momentum right now. We'll see if it can carry on through this afternoon and through next Saturday in Athens. Howard Richards will be on the call with Mike Kelly. Howard, it is a pleasure to talk it over with you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to join us, and I look forward to talking again with you. 
Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me on. It's good to talk to you again. Great to talk with you, man. That's Howard Richards with us here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you on the program. Second half of the show coming up with the Angry Beaver Little Piddles half and half. You can watch on YouTube and talk it over. And you can listen on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan Asperger, Alton Toyota.